past three years, is excited once more. It is an interest which was born of Delia Bacon's book, away back in that ancient day, 1857 or maybe 1856. About a year later, my pilot master, Bixby, transferred me from his own steamboat to the Pennsylvania, and placed me under the orders and instructions of George Ealer, dead now these many, many years. I steered for him a good many months, as was the humble duty of the pilot apprentice, stood a daylight watch, and spun the wheel under the severe superintendence and correction of the master. He was a prime chess player and an idolater of Shakespeare. He would play chess with anybody, even with me, and it cost his official dignity something to do that. Also, quite uninvited, he would read Shakespeare to me, not just casually, but by the hour when it was his watch and I was steering. He read well, but not profitably for me, because he constantly injected commands into the text. That broke it all up, mixed it all up, tangled it all up, to that degree, in fact, that if we were in a risky and difficult piece of river, an ignorant person couldn't have told sometimes which observations were Shakespeare's and which were Ealer's. For instance, What man dare, I dare. Approach thou what are you laying in the leads for? What a hell of an idea! Like the rugged ease her off a little, ease her off, rugged Russian bear, the armed rhinoceros, or the there she goes, meet her, meet her. Didn't you know she'd smell the reef if you crowded it like that? Herkin Tiger. Take any shape but that, and my firm nerves she'll be in the woods the first you know. Stop the starboard. Come ahead strong on the larboard. Back the starboard. Now then, you're all right. Come ahead on the starboard. Straighten up and go long. Never tremble or be alive again, and dare me to the desert. Damnation! Can't you keep away from that greasy water? Pull her down! Snatch her! Snatch her bald-headed! With thy sword! If trembling I inhabit, then lay in the leads. No, only the starboard one, leave the other alone. Protest me the baby of a girl. Hence, horrible shadow, eight bells. That watchman's asleep again, I reckon. Go down and call Brown yourself, unreal mockery, hence. He certainly was a good reader, and splendidly thrilling and stormy and tragic, but it was a damage to me, because I have never since been able to read Shakespeare in a calm and sane way. I cannot rid it of his explosive interlardings. They break in everywhere with their irrelevant, what in the hell are you up to now? Pull her down. More, more. There now, steady as you go. And the other disorganizing interruptions that were always leaping from his mouth. When I read Shakespeare now, I can hear them as plainly as I did in that long departed time, fifty-one years ago, I never regarded Ehler's readings as educational. Indeed, 
they were a detriment to me. His contributions to the text seldom improved it, but barring that detail, he was a good reader, I can say that much for him. He did not use the book, and did not need to. He knew his Shakespeare as well as Euclid ever knew his multiplication table. Did he have something to say, this Shakespeare-adoring Mississippi pilot, anent Delia Bacon's book? Yes, and he said it, said it all the time for months, in the morning watch, the middle watch, and dog watch, and probably kept it going in his sleep. He bought the literature of the dispute as fast as it appeared, and we discussed it all through thirteen hundred miles of river four times traversed in every thirty-five days, the time required by that swift boat to achieve two right.